Hello, everyone. Welcome to New Mexicast. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and before we get started, I want to share what you can expect here on this podcast. First, you should know that my family lives on a sailing catamaran, and this is my personal audio journal. What you're about to hear is an episode from 2016 when we were just starting our journey of moving from our home in New Mexico onto the boat. As a longtime broadcast journalist, I wasn't sure how I was going to keep working while pursuing this crazy new lifestyle. This journal is where I worked through a lot of things, both personally and professionally. That means you will hear about experiments with new technologies like Blab and Periscope and testing out systems to make the move easier, like Wild Tree meal prep and KonMari for downsizing our stuff. As you can imagine, some of these experiments were successful, while some, like Blab and Wild Tree, don't even exist anymore. But I decided to leave even the failed experiment in this audio journal so you could get the whole story of how we went from New Mexicast to New Mexicastaways. If you like what you hear, please stick around till the end and I'll share how you can find out where we are now and how you can get much more content by joining the New Mexicastaways crew. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to New Mexicast Audio Edition. I'm Rosalinda Roman, your host and creator of the show New Mexicast, which, if you're new here, is an enchanting show featuring interesting people and places in New Mexico and beyond. But here on the Audio Edition, this is my sounding board. It is a place that I, Rosalinda, share uh, tips and tricks and thoughts along the way as I am working to revamp the brand New Mexicast and really create some new uh, things that I think are going to be a lot of fun. So welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I've just finished dropping my kids off at school and I am heading to go do a Blab um, show with Natalie Goldfine of My Habit Upgrade. And I'm also trying to connect with Jason Rulo. Jason is a um, drummer in a band called Symphony X. He's actually world famous. And he also happens to be one of my good friend's husbands. <laughs> so, um, and he's become a friend of ours um, over the years. And they have two kids that are close to my kids' ages. And so, anyway, long story short, I thought it would be very appropriate because Jason just went on tour with his band, and they're on their European tour, uh, I thought it would be very appropriate to start doing some interviews from the road, uh, especially because if you go back through the archives of New Mexicast, uh, uh, the TV show, I did a story about Jason. Not only does he have this band um, that he's in, but he also owns a food truck called Joe Mama's Famous Foods, and it is some of the best food that I've ever had. His green chili meatball sub is amazing, um, or meatball sandwich. And uh, I think all of you should, if you come to New Mexico, you got to find Joe Mama's. But 
as I'm doing all of this experimenting and setting things up and figuring out what the next chapter is going to look like, I am really trying to make sure to stay on top of the new technology and test things out in real time. Part of it is, as I've said before, is just ripping off the Band-Aid and doing it and not letting my fear of not being perfect get in the way of actually doing it. So in the case of Blab or Periscope, which are the two live streaming um, programs or apps that I'm currently using, I really just have to set aside my need to have it perfectly produced like I have in the past with stories that I've produced for New Mexicast and simply get it done. And that's part of what I'm doing today. Natalie and I have this agreement with her My Habit Upgrade app where we are doing live shots or live shows twice a week. And this allows her to get her message out there uh, for her brand because she has these great techniques that help people improve their lives. And it also gives me the practice of hosting the show again and testing out the technology. A lot of troubleshooting. We've had uh, a lot of trouble because she's on a PC and she's got a lot of security installed on her computer and she and so we've been trying to troubleshoot that we've been troubleshooting audio and trying to figure out why she can't um, have a microphone plugged into her computer at the same time as a headphone or or hear anything um, so she could I could hear her but she couldn't hear me and there's all of these little things that we're working out by doing these twice weekly shows. Um, the funny thing is we don't really have any viewers yet. Some people will watch it in replay, which is nice. Um, but we have one or two people checking into the show. So obviously, if, it, if anyone thinks this is like the way to get a windfall and, and um, overnight make a huge financial success, uh, I, I would say that's not true. <laughs> but for me, it's perfect for experimenting. It reminds me a lot of my days back when I was trying to figure out how to build a website with WordPress, trying to figure out how to um, create a feed through FeedBurner. Uh, this is back in 2007 and 2008 that I was working on building New Mexicast, the video podcast. And the technology was pretty new. There were a lot of things that I had no clue about based on my broadcasting background. If you're new here, you can go through the archives to hear the story. But basically, I'm a longtime traditional broadcaster uh, who made the transition into independent work. And I'm still making the transition. I still learn every day something new. And that's what this audio edition is for, to share some of that with you and really just um, brainstorm and vent and maybe kvetch a little bit uh, about the process. Uh, today, what is on my mind, besides going home to do these uh, live interview shows, if you will, hopefully I'll connect with Jason, who I think is in Manchester today. Um, and if we haven't been able to do one yet, uh, we're, we just started the process of trying to figure out how to do it. They have limited internet capabilities where in the venues he's at they're very slow very pixelated so we're trying to make it work but either way uh, it's a good learning experience for me and hopefully it helps 
both Natalie and Jason in their brand building um, process. But the thing that's on my mind right now is not just brand building, but team building. And this is a big thing for me, and it's not easy for me to break through mentally. As you know, if you follow the show for any length of time, I have always been a one-woman band as long as I've done independent work. And even when I worked at stations, it was a small team that I worked with. It was either I was a one-woman band or I worked with a photographer and an editor or maybe a photographer who served as the editor. And we put together stories and we worked very quickly. Not so quickly as an independent person because I'm doing everything, but over the years I've done every part of New Mexicast. Everything from the website, as I mentioned, to getting the feed out and editing and reporting and hosting and logging and you name it, I did it. Uploading this, the episodes, getting it on the air, doing the, the promotional stuff, trying to drum up sales for ad revenue, and, and all of it was done by me. And I am learning, thanks to Shalene Johnson and Team Johnson. I know I mention them a lot, but that's who I'm listening to right now. And so I got to give credit where credit is due. I know that what she teaches about the need to outsource is critical to my making the transition and turning this show into what I envision it will be. It's not automatic for me to know how to do this. It's not like I have um, a sense of how to manage a team or help people um, know what to do to help me. My biggest inclination, and, and this is true from parenting too, is I can do it. I'll just take care of it. it. Don't worry about it. I got it. And that has served me very well in the past. Um, when I was the first person ever in my family to go to college, uh, out of a, a very large family, I really found a way to make it work. I paid my own way. I did not, I did, you know, find some scholarships and I got help where I could and I got creative and I really, it, it's a source of pride for me that I figured out how to do it myself. And so from that, I learned that if I wanted something done or I wanted to achieve a big goal, I needed to do it myself and I needed to do everything myself. Well, now I'm a grown-up, <laughs> or at least I like to pretend to be, and I realize from listening to Shalene and other uh, mentors of mine, virtual mentors, that this, does no, this idea of I have to do everything, it does not serve me anymore. And the reason it doesn't serve me is because I'm busy spending my time doing things that I'm not good at or learning how to do things and become proficient at them or sufficiently proficient to get a job done when if I can hire someone to do that task, they can do it in a fraction of the time and free me up to do the thing that I am best at. And uh, so that's what I'm working on, outsourcing and learning the process of outsourcing. Now, saying what I'm best at is a big step and hard for me, very hard for me. But I know as I'm talking to you on this, on this recording, I am best at connecting with people. I'm best at interviews and helping to tell people's stories and shining a light on the thing that is great about that person. 
I feel like I'm really good at being a bridge between people. I can take complex things and boil them down into ways that other people can understand, maybe who are not in the industry of the person I'm interviewing. And I just love seeing the light in a person and sharing that with the world. That is the work I want to do, and that is what I'm working toward. And in order to do that, I need to stop doing the things that suck my time and uh, don't really support that part of what I enjoy and what I'm good at. And a big part of it is I am a full-time mom. I take care of my kids. Obviously, when they're in school, I have some time to work and I'm, I'm getting things done. But as my family is preparing to move on to a boat, a big transition we have to make is we're going to be homeschooling the kids. And so I want to manage my schedule and my business in a way that not only supports my brand and allows me to explore these fun technologies that I'm so excited about, but also allows me to be present with my kids, especially as we start to explore the world in new ways. I want to share that with people, but not to the detriment of my relationships with my kids and my husband. So all of this to say that I am thinking a lot about outsourcing. And I had a really big um, moment, if you will, yesterday when I finally posted my first job posting on Upwork. Now, Upwork used to be Elance, and I believe it also used to be Odesk. Upwork is, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a place that you can find and hire freelance workers. And you can hire them all over the world. Uh, but in this case, um, well, I don't know. I don't know yet who I'm going to hire. When I posted the job, I, uh, first of all, it was very scary. Let me back up a minute. So now I can get nice and quiet because I arrived at my location. So I can talk for a minute before I have to go in and get ready for the interviews. So the, the thing that, the process of posting a job on Elance or now Upwork is you have to write a title and you have to write a description and then you have to decide if you're going to be paying them by the hour or paying them by the job. You have to decide how long you think the job is going to take and um, give as many details as you can, put some tags in there for what you're looking for in terms of um, you know, the kind of skills the person needs. So in this case, I posted a job for Final Cut uh, Editing. I want the person to be Final Cut uh, Editing on FCPX, which is Final Cut Pro 10, because I'm a certified pro in Final Cut 10, and I would like to be able to see if the person is, has, has a good sense of editing, and it's easier for me to do that in a program that I'm familiar with. So I feel like since it's my very first time trying to outsource, I wanted it to be in a program that I know. And also if it turns out to be total disaster and the job they do is not what I wanted, I can still just clean it up and edit it myself. Um, so I posted that I'm looking for an editor for a quick edit job and that it the ideal candidate could potentially lead to more works in the future, more jobs in the future. Uh, specifically, what I'm doing is I'm helping a friend of mine, um, and I may have met, mentioned her on a previous um, audio podcast, and I've, I'm helping my friend Mita shoot 
an online course of her book binding um, skills. So she she has this class that she teaches in book binding, and she's incredibly amazing. And I told her, I said, you need to. This is something you could create as an online course and make available to other people, even though they can't be in Albuquerque and help you, you know, and come to your class. And so we have been working for several months on getting that done. Well, I shot the stuff a few months ago, and now I run into the problem I've had with New Mexicast, the TV show and the video podcast. And that is not, you know, take it. I, I get the thing shot, but then life gets in the way and the editing process takes forever and eventually I'll get to it, but it'll take away from the time with my kids and I'll, you know, my house needs cleaning and my things have to get done. And, you know, life happens like today. I've got to go to Chicago unexpectedly because my dad is having some health challenges. And so I can't get to the editing the way I know I'm a certified pro. And yes, I should in my mind, I should be able to do that. But the reality is someone can do it quicker and much more efficiently and better than I can. I know that. I know that's true. As much as I love editing, this seems to be one of those things that I have to let go. And that is so hard for me. Already, I've gotten 12 applicants, and um, I'm so nervous about how to manage them and how to handle the whole thing. But I'm not going to give up. So I'm going to pause this and I'll come back to talk a little bit more. I'm going to check the applicants and I'll come back and talk about kind of what it looks like because I think it's an, a fascinating process. I'm basically reaching out to people around the world to ask them to do a job for me that I know I can do, but my time is more valuable than the time I would spend on this task, which is helping a friend and is great, but I also have so many other things I'm working on and building. So um, I'm going to pause this and I will come back after I do the blab with Natalie and hopefully one with Jason Rulo. So I'll talk to you in a little bit. Bye. All right, I'm back and it is actually a few days later as I am recording this and a lot has happened since my last recording so I would I decided I would try to get you up to speed and fill you in on some of the exciting things that have happened. So first off I did manage to do the Skype oh it's not a Skype anymore yeah well we start on Skype but I managed to do the broadcasts on Blab with both Natalie and Jason Rulo. Um, Jason's was much tougher because his internet and the places, places that he and his band, Symphony X, are doing these shows is very sporadic. Uh, and so he managed to get some solid internet at a club that they were performing at in Glasgow, Scotland. And it was good. It was, it, the video was really red. Um, you can go to my YouTube channel on YouTube. Uh, it's New Mexicast TV on YouTube, and check out the video of Jason Rulo in Glasgow. I'm hoping we'll get many, many more of these during the course of this tour, but so far it's still been very hard to connect. Um, the, the huge time difference is one thing, and then the limitations on the internet from his end are another. 
So, but it was great. It was nice to just chat and test out the technology. Blab worked really well um, in that case, and so that was nice. And they have a function where you can upload it straight to YouTube. So that's why I'm telling you to go check it out there, which is very nice. Makes my job much easier. Uh, okay, so that was that. And then with as for Natalie, I guess since I recorded this, I probably have done two more um, blab broadcasts with my habit upgrade founder, Natalie Goldfine. And we are getting better every day. Every time we do it, I think it's getting better and more, um, just smoother. Everything's moving smoother. Um, we're working out the kinks on the technology end. Um, for, for the first few broadcasts, every time we replayed the broadcast, she was frozen. You could just see a still shot of her. You could hear her voice, but you couldn't see her. Um, and now it seems like that might be resolved. And I really don't know if it's the, the stuff we're doing to troubleshoot or if it just happens to be the timing with Blab because they're really working hard to upgrade and update and get everything um, functional in a way that it it still, you know, it's, it's in beta. So there's a lot of experimentation and learning from things that don't work. And um, finally, it, in theory, it's going to end up being an amazing thing in the long run. I believe in, in Blab and I believe in uh, the technology and, and what they're creating. That community is really great. Um, so there's that. And that went well. And we're, we finally decided and made the commitment, which is so hard for me. And I think it's probably just as hard for Natalie to have a set time that we do our broadcasts. And it's going to be every Tuesday and Thursday at 10 o'clock mountain standard time or mountain time, I guess. Um, and we're, they're not long. They would be no more than 15 minutes long. But it's, it's a chance for me to get in the habit of broadcasting on a regular schedule, which is really important as I'm moving forward. And I'll talk in the future about my vision for the show and for what I want to create uh, with New Mexicast and um, some other properties that I'm developing. Um, but part of developing those properties and getting to the point where I can create a regular show is getting help, as I mentioned. And so I have been working with this Upwork. Um, I posted this job on Upwork, and that uh, was huge. Just posting the job was really hard for me. Um, but I ended up with 14 solid applicants in just like 24 hours. It, they came in really quickly. Um, it was even hard for me to, to narrow it down to half that or even and less than that. I had a really hard time. These were all, most of them looked like solid professional editors that had great potential to put together the, what I wanted. But there were a couple things with this job that are different than what, well, first of all, handing off a, an editing job is so foreign to me because I'm really used to doing it myself. So I had to back up and think mentally about how I could hand it off and how much prep work I needed to do and what needed to happen in order to get the editing job to the editor potentially halfway around the world. Um, so while I was trying to, even just figuring out what the job was that I wanted this person to do was really challenging for me. But I narrowed it down and I, I with thankfully with like Natalie's help and my husband's help, I really tried not to overthink it. I tried to just 
let it go. Um, I, I told myself it didn't have to be my way perfect. It has to be done. And then I can always tweak it and, you know, decide if that's working for me. But this is my first hire um, as, you know, freelancing and, and hiring a freelancer to handle something that I'm so used to handling. So with that in mind, I created the job posting and the idea was I was going to have this person uh, edit what has been shot up until now for my friend's bookbinding course. And it, I did not shoot it like a professional movie where, you know, you have a slate and you mark the times and you, you say what's on each tape. And, you know, it's, it's basically I set up three cameras. I recorded different angles on Mita. One is a medium shot, one is a close-up on her hands, and one is kind of an establishing shot on a, on a lower quality um, camera. It wasn't necessarily the shot that I wanted to use, but I, I had my friend's camera and I borrowed it since it was at my house anyway on a previous project, and so I recorded on that as well, just to give uh, the editor options. But it was basically just a big pile of files in a Final Cut Pro library. And I, I decided rather than my normal prep work where I rename every clip and I, I tag everything and explain what everything is, I just said, I got to let this go. That's time that I can't afford to spend right now. But I do want to get this done. So I put the job description in there as this is, this is really a test um, project. This project potentially could lead to more projects, more work in the future, but let's see what they have to do. Um, and so I, narrow, I was trying to narrow it down and I really got stuck because I, I don't know how to say, I don't know how to pare things down, whether it's media, I hate throwing things away. I'm not a pack rat, but I'm so afraid. I have this like fear of doing it wrong um, that I end up doing nothing or I end up going in circles, which... I hopefully some of you at home can relate to. Uh, but anyway, thankfully I have a partner in my life who helps me when I get stuck in situations like that. And he's like the guy that purges everything. If it was up to him, he would own nothing. <laughs> so um, in this case, Nathan sat down with me, my husband, and he, we went through the candidates and he's like, you know, if, if I even had the slightest hesitation or not red flag, it wasn't like any of the candidates were bad, but anything that didn't feel right, he's like, nope, decline. And so it gave me a chance to say, no, thank you. We, we found other applicants. And that first step, paring down the applicants was hard, but it really helped move it forward really fast. Um, because after that, I was able to get into a rhythm and think, okay, what do I really want to accomplish? And does this candidate seem like they could do the job? And then from there, I went and looked at, I narrowed it down to four applicants. And one was in uh, Nairobi, one was in Montreal, and uh, two, one was in Los Angeles, and one I think was either in Utah or Maryland or somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in the U.S. So I narrowed it all down to these four, and I looked at their demo reels based on um, that, and then, well, I narrowed it down after looking at the demo reels. And in the end... I sent a note to one guy, um, Ryan uh, what is he, Legoo is his name. He's, in, he's the one in Montreal. And I sent him this note because his, his cover letter suggested that he edited in Final Cut Pro 10, which is what 
was required for this project, but in his skill set, it didn't mention that he had Final Cut 10 as a skill. And so I asked the question, is this something that you do? Um, you know, are you proficient in Final Cut X? And he uh, wrote back right away, and he said yes. And, um, and then I noticed in looking further, his profile had all audio work. He was an audio um, editor. And so, well, on the one hand, with stuff like this that I'm working on with audio, that was very exciting for the potential for the future. For the purposes of this job, I was like, well, I would need to see some of your editing work, some video work. Um, and he said he had some, the video that was shot that he edited, the video was lower quality, but it, he sent me a link so I could see a music video that he edited. I, w I liked the work he did, but even more than that, Meanwhile, I'm corresponding with the other guys asking for clarification and just kind of trying to, to get a better idea about what they were all about. This guy, Ryan, wrote, wrote me back and basically said, listen, I'll, do the, I'll start on the project right now. I work very quickly. I'll do the edit. And if you don't like it, you don't pay me. It'll be a 100% money back guarantee. And so after seeing his editing job on the music video, and then I did a Skype call with him, um, I, was, I was sold. I mean, really, in the end, this is a test project. Any one of those four candidates would have been great. Um, it was a fixed price that I had posted for this job. So I knew I was paying the same amount. And if, if I didn't have to pay it, if I hate it, and you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to be a jerk, but if it's nowhere near what I needed and if it was a terrible editing job, then I, w I would not pay it. But I was pretty confident from his confidence and from the, the body of work I had seen and heard that this guy had the skills that I needed. The question, of course, is does he have the creative ability to um, put it all together in a, in a way that works for this project? So long story short, I ended up hiring this guy, and it was just two days ago, and so he is well on his way to editing um, this bookbinding course, Module 1. So I'm super excited. I haven't seen what he has done yet, but I've needed to upload some more files that I still had, and with my very, 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 very slow internet up here in the mountains in New Mexico, um, it's actually taking like another whole day just to get him the additional footage. So the project is slightly delayed, but we're gonna get it done. And really, think about it. I shot this stuff like two months ago, before the holidays, and it's now the end of February. So almost three months ago, right? So the fact of the matter is, if I shot this whole thing to that, you know, that long ago, even if it takes him a week and a half or two weeks to edit it, I'm still ahead of the game because I had no prospects of even possibly getting to this edit until probably another month from now or at least two or three weeks from now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do once I get him all the files and um, I'll keep you guys posted on a future episode. Uh, I think that's enough going on and on for now. I just wanted to share the process with you as I'm going through it. And um, I hope it is as interesting to you as it is to me. I mean, you know, figuring out how to transform something that I've worked on for almost a decade in a way that um, not only maximizes the use of the new technology, but also frees up my time so that I can 
have more fun and enjoy my family, um, that's very exciting. Very, very exciting. And I'm going to continue to share it here on New Mexicast Audio Edition. If you have listened this long, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you like what you hear and you want to know more about some of the work I'm doing, you can always find me on almost any social media platform as New Mexicast. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. But of course, you can always just go to newmexicast.com and look through the archives and see some of the stories that I have produced. Um, I hope you enjoy them, and I look forward to talking to you next time. I'm Rosalinda Roman. Thanks for listening to my audio journal from 2016 as our family prepared to move on to the sailing catamaran, Don Treader. If you want to see where we are at the moment, just search for New Mexicast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon, or for New Mexicast TV on YouTube. Also, if you want to see the videos and photos of the things I'm talking about on this podcast, please consider joining the New Mexico Castaways crew. You can do that at newmexicast.com slash crew. Thanks again for listening and for supporting our enchanting adventures. I'm Rosalinda Roman, and this is New Mexico Castaways.